It's time for more facts about the vax. Let's talk about religious exemption on this episode of Pushback. you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, my dear listeners. This is Dr. Johnny here, and this is another episode of Pushback. I have been diving back into the Facts About the Vax series that goes back over a year uh, because we have been dealing with this pandemic for quite some time now. And I am a weary physician who has been uh, practicing and dealing with patients with COVID now for close to two years. And uh, it's starting to become uh, quite tiresome. I'm not going to lie. And I don't say that because I don't care uh, or I'm not delivering high medical care. I hope that I am. Um, But it does weigh on you mentally. I heard a term, uh, precaution fatigue. And maybe that's what I have, a little precaution fatigue. And, uh, And I do believe that we have vaccines that are the answer that really could help us get through this. It has in the past. Historically, vaccines have been the answer, and we have several options. I want to talk about those options today, uh, but also uh, the key to ending all of this craziness, this cycle of infection, is uh, getting a large enough of the percentage population to actually get the vaccine. And so that's part of what I'm trying to do with this podcast is to give you my perspective as a Christian, uh, as a physician, uh, and I'm in a unique position in that regard because I do understand a lot of the hesitancy that people have uh, regarding uh, vaccinations, about some of the distrust towards government, uh, government overreach, uh, loss of liberty. Um, I do completely understand that and very sensitive to that. In fact, I am I am quite libertarian in my bent, um, but I am also a physician who is in the absolute front lines of this. Um, I'm seeing patients every single day, especially over this last month. Uh, we have been setting records in our emergency room. Uh, I've been trying to transfer patients only to find out that there is not one ICU bed available in Minnesota, North or South Dakota. That's the current climate in which we are in. And it is almost exclusively unvaccinated people. And and I believe that's preventable. And I believe I've looked in the eyes of many patients who are somewhat, if I can be so bold, regretting the decision to not get vaccinated because they are very, very sick and very afraid. And I believe that education is the key. I believe that we are to have a sound mind and to have an informed decision, not based on fear or speculation or on YouTube or what this person's brother's cousin had said or experienced. Um, but what are the facts and what are what is a reasonable thing to do for you and for your family? I want to even go a little bit deeper today because this idea of religious exemption from getting the vaccine has come about. And I want to dive into that fully. I received a very um, thoughtful and well-written uh, email from a 
pastor. I, I've received many correspondence from pastors who are really caught in the middle and are getting a lot of comments from both sides. And, and there's been a lot of anger and even mistrust. And, and pastors are caught in the middle, not always knowing exactly what to do with the information. And so they are reaching out to me to get my perspective, even though it's not a full perspective and it's not a perfect perspective. But, um, but I do have my hat in both arenas. And so that I believe that I can hopefully give some information so that people can make informed decisions. So let me just start by reading this email if I can. And uh, I, I believe there's probably two main things that I really want to address out of it. So let me dive in. I'm trying to process what has been a growing dilemma for me. It began when one of our congregants lost his job when he refused to get vaccinated. This was the first time the subject of a possible religious exemption came up. If someone does not does end up asking me for a religious exemption form, which no one has yet, that requires me to make a personal stand one way or the other. As I said, I haven't felt comfortable doing this because of hearing too many conflicting statements by people who could be seen as authorities. And I realize that I, I, I'm touting myself as an authority, as, as a minister and as a physician, but there are others who are taking different stands. And I think, I think it's important to listen to them all and, and to hear them and to check your spirit and to find out what is there. All that said, I'm trying to work out for myself whether there's any basis for any kind of religious exemption. In one of your early facts about the Vax podcast, you said you supported the one-shot vaccines because they did not use fetal cells, but did not support the Johnson & Johnson one because it does, and that made sense to me. From what I can see, that is the one and only argument for religious exemption. If it doesn't hold water, then I can't fill out exemption forms for people and feel I'm doing it with full integrity. My heart goes out to pastors who are living with this, and and I'm telling you, I, like I said, I've talked to many, not just the ones who have written to me, but I've had many discussions over a dining room table about what they are facing, and there's been a lot of vitriol, there's been a lot of anger on both sides, because here are people not wanting to lose their liberty uh, in this, and there are also people that feel vulnerable and don't feel comfortable coming to church knowing that people are having a, a cavalier attitude uh, about the virus itself. And so here's a pastor who's in between that wants to love and accept everybody. And yet there has been some, uh, if I can use the word, pushback uh, about many congregants towards their pastors. And my heart really goes out to them. So any way that I can help, I'm happy to help. So let's talk about two issues from this well-written email. The first is about the ethically derived vaccines in regards to fetal cells or aborted fetal cells. Um, I mentioned last podcast, there are some exciting things on the forefront before the Supreme Court about abortion. And, and, I, um, and if you've listened to any of my podcasts, then you know my stance and my, my um, fervent position about ending abortion and how this is the number one cultural issue. My tagline for my podcast is, if you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. This is the, the biggest blight, the biggest um, scar on our culture is our willingness to um, haphazardly kill our unborn infants. 
and this needs to stop. And, and so there is a moral line, even in the realm of vaccinations, I believe, that we need to monitor this. Now, we have to look at vaccines uh, because they're all a little bit different. And so I want to just read a few things. The, MRN, the mRNA vaccines um, are not manufactured in cell lines meaning they do not require fetal tissue to manufacture these. Now, although testing of mRNA vaccines reportedly had used cell lines, but this are decades ago as sort of a proof of concept idea. Now, facilitating a future immoral act is clearly problematic, whereas indirect association with a completed past action may be unavoidable. For example, I think this is a good example. Driving on a road that was originally built with slave labor may be difficult to avoid in some places. We can have a moralistic line that says slavery is wrong, but to avoid the roads that were built by slaves might be impossible in the current climate that we're in, and driving on that road in no way in your spirit or in your heart would imply that you are a proponent of slavery. The abortions resulting in these cell lines occurred in the 1970s in a separate time intent and deed from vaccination today. And I can say that with, with a moral conviction that that is true. So let's look at the one specifically. The mRNA COVID-19 vaccines produced by Pfizer and Moderna do not require the use of any fetal cell cultures in order to manufacture the vaccine. Uh, we talked about the early proof of con concept. The Pfizer and Moderna vaccines were found to be ethically uncontroversial by the pro-life policy organization, um, the, the Lozier Institute, and further, the Secretariat of Pro-Life Activities, a committee within the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, have stated that neither the Pfizer nor Moderna used any abortion-derived cell line in the development or production of the vaccine. Um, and... Uh, thus, while neither vaccine is completely free from any use of abortion-derived cell lines in the past, um, uh, it is very remote from the initial evil of the abortion. One may receive any of the clinically recommended vaccines in good conscience with the assurance that reception, this is a quote, that reception of such vaccines does not involve immoral cooperation in abortion. Going back to the slave labor road issue. <laughs> And so this was a, a position that was actually brought out by even the Catholic Church. So was the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine developed using fetal cell lines? Uh, the non-replicating viral vector vaccine produced by J&J &J did require the use of fetal cell cultures, specifically PERC6, in order to produce and manufacture the vaccine. Therefore, this is my conclusion, this is their conclusion, if one has the ability to choose a vaccine, Pfizer or Moderna vaccines should be chosen over Johnson & Johnson. I think that's a, a, a morally um, compatible stance uh, to take. Now, the Catholic Church has even come out saying if Johnson & Johnson is your only option, it's still your duty to other citizens to get the vaccine and that you can take it moralistically. But I think in today's day and age, and certainly in the United States, we have options. And so I would steer you toward the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine, which I agree with the writer of this email that 
that would be a case for religious exemption, especially if you only had an option for the Johnson and Johnson, which I just don't think is going to be the case. And so I feel like I I got the Pfizer vaccine. I'm actually getting the booster tomorrow, and uh, I believe that that's completely safe and ethical. I really believe that based on my research. Um, which brings us to the issue of religious exemption. Now. Religious exemption implies that there is something in what we believe that would exempt us by our faith to not pursue vaccination. And I want to read an article that's a little bit hard hitting, but I believe I'm comfortable reading this. It's by Pastor Keith Marshall, and it's entitled, What Does Your Faith Exempt You From? Question mark. What does your faith exempt you from? Question mark. So let me read, read, read this for you. Religious exemption is a term I have heard more in the past three months than the rest of my life combined. Recently, I was asked if Christians should be able to claim religious exemption when public health is in jeopardy. Their question made me ask myself, What does my faith in Jesus Christ exempt me from? Below is a partial list of what came to mind. Number one, my faith in Jesus Christ exempts me from, firstly, putting my wants above the needs of others. Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Secondly, claiming my freedom in Christ as liberty to act without responsibility. My faith in Jesus Christ exempts me from claiming my freedom in Christ as liberty to act without responsibility. Galatians 5, 13 and 14. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. My faith in Jesus Christ exempts me from refusing to protect the most vulnerable in our midst. And he writes Matthew twenty five forty. Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Therefore, my, quote, religious exemption, end quote, requires I receive the COVID vaccination to safeguard life and wear a mask to care for my neighbor. Claiming the Christian faith is no justification to refuse these measures. Now, I have been very careful in presenting my position on the COVID vaccine to stop short from saying that it is your spiritual duty uh, to get the vaccination. And I'm I'm still stopping myself short of that because I believe that we are guided by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives us peace or uh, doesn't give us peace. And even if we don't have peace initially, he may give us peace later. And I'm part of that process, and maybe Pastor Keith Marshall feels like he is as well. But I think his point is valid, 
And I have many times, and if you go back in my podcast and and look at my transcripts, you could hold my feet to the fire that I've said many times that you need to make a right decision for you and your family. But I think it goes further than that. I believe that we do need to think about others, others less fortunate, others more vulnerable than even us. I read a note from a pastor last week who said that he doesn't have peace about it for him and his family and gave his perspective from his family. But what about when he got the the virus? What about the fact that he may have given it to somebody else, somebody more vulnerable than himself? What about that? See, as long as the vaccine is, I'm sorry, as long as the virus is replicating in hosts throughout our country, we have a real problem. And people will continue to die. And I I made a challenge to my listeners before. Those who are anti-vaccination and those who are citing all of the reasons and the risks of vaccines to give me a solution for those who are dying. For those who are dying. That's the people that I am seeing. And they are vulnerable and and they need protection. Isn't our Christian duty to help those people? See, my friends, we set the culture. We are part of a different culture that we are actually representing from heaven. And I believe that it's dangerous to always have an independent mindset. Now, we can have a libertarian mindset when we are positioning ourselves towards the government. But when we're talking about our neighbors, our family, our friends, the people that are in our realm of influence— The Bible says that we actually have responsibility for them, actually a greater responsibility for them than we do for ourselves. It's that sacrificial nature of being ambassadors of heaven. And so I just want to challenge you, if you're listening to this, that we have a mindset that actually puts the needs of others first. I have actually seen the vulnerable in my emergency department, and they are frail, and they are sick from COVID-19. And no, we can't trace it or point fingers at one particular person that may have caused it or transmitted it. But we as a society, we have a way through vaccination to help with that. And I would actually have you consider it from that standpoint. It's just a different standpoint. It's a, it's a heavenly mindset. Do I think it's a sin to not get the vaccine? No, I'm not going that far. I'm not putting a stamp on it in that regard. But I want us to think about it just beyond ourselves. Now, again, listening to my son, he says that there's some serious liberty issues that we need to be mindful of and be careful of when it comes to government interference. And I get that. And I I, I do believe that we need to have an independent stirring within us because I think that's healthy. I think it's right for the government to have a hands-off position towards us. But what about us who, who represent the government of heaven? What does the government of heaven look like? And it's sacrifice. It's sacrificial. And Jesus was the perfect example of that. The perfect example of that. Jesus didn't shy away from the leper or the woman who was unclean, but he embraced them and healed them and brought life and wholeness and restoration. And so would Jesus get the vaccine? I don't know. (laughs) I'm not going to pretend to know the answer to that question. Probably didn't need it. (laughs) 
But here we are with the decision to make. And is it possible that the vaccine is a blessing from heaven as it has been so many times in the history of mankind? That he gives us and he gives smart people and he gives virologists and those the ability to bring health and wholeness. I believe my profession as a physician itself, I could just say, I could throw up my hands and just say, that's not my responsibility, but he's given me a skill set to care for people. And I believe that's a reflection of heaven as well, even if it's with modern medicine. And so we can play a part. We need to understand that religious exemption, our religious exemption, the only thing that we're exempt from is not caring for our neighbor, not loving our neighbor as ourselves. So there's a challenge for you. I just want you to think about that. And I keep thinking that I've kind of spoken my piece about the vaccination. And yet there's more great questions that come and and I will answer them to the best of my ability. And so pushbackculture.org, pushbackculture.org. There's a place to leave a comment or question. I, I just appreciate your feedback or even your encouragement uh, for these topics. And as always, we'd appreciate your donation. I'm working on actually setting up a, a new studio with improved equipment and, and there's a momentum behind this. And I would uh, love and covet your support, your encouragement, and your financial donation. There's a place on pushbackculture.org to also donate. There have been several people who have donated so graciously and generously, and I appreciate that. And I will continue to ask for that as well. So thank you so much for your attention. Thank you so much for your honor about this topic, which is a hot topic. And sometimes when things become so volatile, we just simply decide to not talk about it. And I don't believe that's okay. I don't believe that's uh, our role here on this earth is to bury our head in the sand. No, I believe for us to stand strong and to be a light, a shining light upon a hill, bathed in truth and life and honor. So thank you again for tuning in. Until next week, let's go together now to set and shape the culture.